regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Hello, America. Welcome to your Leo Nation. I'm the Chief Mark Garrett. And once again, so happy for you to be here, to be a part of our wonderful group of listeners and viewers. Uh, of course, our motto here is we believe in the rule of law, a civil society, and self-responsibility. And we're going to kind of dive into, I think, something that covers all three of those tenets. And um, kind of a, kind of a, I think, uh, kind of a heavy show as far as information, but great information. So let me dive right into some things we're dealing with across this nation right here today and something that's attacking our society at the core, at the core of the rule of law, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, uh, nature's laws, God's laws, God's freedoms that are bestowed on every human being in this world. So with that said, I'm going to read a piece to you, a part of a piece from you, not the whole thing, from Imprimus, which is a wonderful, wonderful periodical that's uh, produced by Hillsdale College. If you have not subscribed to Imprimus or don't know about it, look it up through Hillsdale College. It's absolutely free, absolute wonderful resource for almost everything uh, American culture, American history, American education. It's a wonderful world education. So check it out. So that's what I'm reading from today. This actually, this piece is from uh, about 10 years ago, 2013, and it's written by Edward Erler uh, for Imprimus. And let me dive right into it. Again, 2013, we are currently mired in a frantic debate about the rights of gun owners. One example should suffice to provide, I'm sorry, to prove that the debate has become hysterical. Second Amendment supporters, one prominent but less than articulate member of Congress alleges, have become enablers of mass murder. This is a congressperson from 10 years ago saying that you and I and everybody who believes in the right to bear arms is an enabler of mass murder. That hysteria continues now, as we know. Special animus has been directed against so-called assault rifles. These are semi-automatic, not automatic weapons. The latter have been illegal under federal law since the 1930s because they require a trigger pull for every round fired. Semi-automatic firearms, to be sure, can be fitted with large-capacity magazines, but what inspires the ire of gun control advocates seems to be their menacing look. Somehow they don't appear to fit for polite society. No law-abiding citizen could possibly need such a weapon, we are told. After all, how many rounds from a high-powered rifle are needed to kill a deer? And we are assured that these weapons are not well adapted for self-defense that only the military and the police need to have them. Now, it's undeniable, Senator Dianne <clears throat> Feinstein, to the contrary, notwithstanding, that semi-automatic weapons such as the AR-15 are extremely well adapted for home defense, especially against a crime that is being, uh, becoming more and more popular among criminals, the home invasion. Over the past two decades, gun ownership 
has increased dramatically at the same time that crime rates have decreased. By the way, it's still true today, even 10 years later. Combine this with the fact that most gun owner crime, I'm sorry, gun crimes are committed with stolen or illegally obtained weapons, and the formula to decrease crime is clear. Increase the number of responsible gun owners and prosecute the greatest to the greatest extent possible under the law those who commit gun-related crimes or possess weapons illegally. Now, this is what has changed dramatically in the last decade, that the prosecution of those committing gun violence or in possession of guns illegally are more likely to be released from prison early or more likely not to be prosecuted or more likely to be prosecuted for lesser crimes than they should have. This is the problem, one of the problems. Consider also that assault rifles are rarely used by criminals because they are neither easily portable nor easily concealed. In Chicago, the murder capital of America, a city with, the, with draconian gun laws, pistols are the weapons of choice, even for gang-related executions. But of course, there are horrible exceptions. The mass shootings in recent years, and certainly we must keep assault weapons with high-capacity magazines out of the hands of people who are prone to commit such atrocities. In other words, criminals. It goes on to talk about some uh, contemporary shootings of the Times articles was, was written, and I won't touch on those. They speak for themselves. But moving forward, I want to go back to what I read in this opening, the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment talks about the militia, and so does this article. The whole people are the militia. The Second Amendment reads as follows, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The immediate impetus for the amendment has never been in dispute. Many of the revolutionary generation believed standing armies were dangerous to liberty. Militias made up, made up of citizen soldiers, they reason, were more suitable to the character of Republican government. Expressing a widely held view, Eldritch Jerry remarked in the debate over first militia bill in 1789 that whenever governments mean to invade the rights and liberties of the people, they always attempt to destroy the militia. The Second Amendment is unique among the amendments in the Bill of Rights in that it contains a preface, preface explaining the reason for the right protected. Militias are necessary for the security of a free state. We cannot read the words free state here as a reference to the several states that make up the union. The frequent use of the phrase free state in the founding era makes it abundantly clear that it means a non-tyrannical or non-despotic state. Justice Antonin Scalia, God rest his soul, writing for the major uh, majority in the case of District of Columbia versus Heller, 2008, rightly remarked that the term 
and its close variations were terms of art in the 18th century political discourse, meaning a free country or free polity and organized civil society. The principal constitutional debate leading up to the Heller decision was about whether the right to keep and bear arms was an individual right or a collective right conditioned upon service in the uh, militia. As a general matter, of course, the idea of collective rights was unknown to the framers. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to that again. As a general rule, of course, the idea of collective rights was unknown to the framers of the Constitution. And this consideration alone have been decisive. We have James Madison's own testimony that the provisions of the Bill of Rights relate first to private rights. The notion of collective rights is wholly the invention of the progressive founders of the administrative state who were engaged in self-conscious in self-conscious effort to supplant the principles of limited government embodied in the Constitution. For these progressives, what Madison and other fathers found called the rights of human nature were merely a delusion characteristic of the 18th century. Science they held has proven that there is no permanent human nature, that there are only evolving social conditions. As a result, they regarded what the fathers called rights of human nature as enemy of collective welfare, which should always take precedence over the rights of the individuals. For the progressives then and now, the welfare of the people, not liberty, I'll repeat that, the welfare of the people, not individual liberty, is the primary object of government, and government should always be in the hands of the experts. This is the real origin of today's gun control hysteria, the idea that professional police forces and military have rendered the armed citizen superfluous, that no individual should be responsible for the defense of himself and his family, but should leave it to the experts. Now I'm going to go back to what I say every time we open this show, the rule of law self-responsibility, civil society. And I also talk about where law enforcement starts. The name of the show is Your Leo Nation. It's not government's nation. It's Your Leo Nation. And I put chose those words carefully. Your Leo, your law enforcement. Law enforcement starts with, first and foremost, self-policing, self-control, adherence to the rule of law. The next level is not only your right, but your responsibility to defend yourself. It is not the responsibility of others or any entity to defend you before you can defend yourself. Of course, there are many amongst us who are are helpless in the sense of whether it's age or other uh, incapacities, But morally speaking, it starts with you, not the government. The government is there as a catch-all and as a backup to your responsibilities and your rights. 
The idea of individual responsibilities along with that of individual rights is in fact incompatible with the progressive vision of the common welfare. I can go on. This article is so in-depth that it needs to be read by everybody who appreciates individual rights and understands why the Second Amendment is number two, right after, of course, the First Amendment. There's a reason they put them in that order. There's a reason it's part of the Bill of Rights, the first revisions, the first amendments to the Constitution. It's there for a reason. It's an individual right. It's not a collective right of the state. Near the end of this article, <clears throat> the writer uh, continues, Justice Scalia noted that those who argued for a collective rights interpretation of the Second Amendment have the impossible task of showing that the rights protected by the Second Amendment are collective rights. Whereas every other right protected by the Bill of Rights is an individual right. You can tell I've read this article before we started. I actually forgotten what this said here, what I highlighted, but I knew it was important. It is true that the Second Amendment states that the people have the right to keep and bear arms, but other amendments refer to the rights of the people as well. The Fourth Amendment, for example, guarantees the rights of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizure. But there seems to be a universal agreement that the Fourth Amendment belongs to the individual. The court, in Heller, the court in Heller did indicate, however, that there could be some reasonable restric restrictions on gun ownership. Longstanding prohibitions on the possession of firearms by felons and the mentally ill, for example, will continue to meet constitutional muster. Laws that forbid carrying firearms in sensitive places such as schools and government buildings are also reasonable regulations as are conditions and qualifications on the commercial sale of arms. The prohibition on dangerous and unusual weapons, including automatic firearms, fall outside Second Amendment guarantees as well. But the Heller decision is clear that handgun possession for self-defense is absolutely protected by the Second Amendment. Can handguns be carried outside the home as part of the inherent right of self-defense? The court indicated that handguns can be prohibited in sensitive places, but not every place outside the home is sensitive. And if carrying weapons in a non-sensitive area is protected by the Second Amendment, there can be restrictions on concealed, uh, can there be uh, restrictions on concealed carry? These are all questions that will have to be worked out in the future, if not by legislation, then by extensive litigation. And it goes on. I read you this from in Primus, which is from Hillsdale College, to set the stage for what's going on now with legislatures, with bureaucrats, and with others who would hope to disarm completely or at least partially the American citizen, the individual, separate them from their ability to protect themselves and their families through the constitutionally protected right articulated in the Second Amendment. 
For example, here in my wonderful home state of Los Angeles, uh, of California, Los Angeles County, our County Board of Supervisors is at it again with their ingenious plans to make us all safer. I mean, you notice that the Constitution, not the Constitution, but the writer of that article refers to something called experts. It's also referred to in other books and other writings by brilliant, brilliant people over the past hundreds and thousands of years uh, as, as masterminds. These are people who know better for you than you know for yourself. Experts, masterminds. And that's what I consider many of these elected officials and bureaucrats. They think they know better than you do on how to run your life and how to take care of yourself and your family. So as an example, the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors. Here is a collection of uh, dinglings, to be nice. I don't think these people have ever read the Constitution. And I don't mean that as a joke or be flip. I don't think they have. Now, maybe some of them are lawyers and they will tell me, of course, I've read the Constitution. I know what it says. I know what the Bill of Rights is. They may have, but if they have, they certainly have either forgotten what it says or they have disregarded, knowingly disregarded what it says. And in a position of being an elected official, county board supervisor, U.S. congressperson, state representative, whatever it is, to me, that is despicable. You take an oath to defend a document and you don't know what it is and you don't care to read it and you don't care to actually defend it as you are sworn to do. So with that editorial, let me get into this. Los Angeles County leaders, I say that in quotes, leaders, are taking aim at gun laws after recent mass shootings in California, including Monterey Park. The Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors unanimously approved a series of ordinances aimed at restricting gun sales and possession in unincorporated areas Tuesday morning. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with how a county or a state or a city work, County Board of Supervisors has authority over unincorporated areas, and there was people, uh, places in the county that are not part of it, of an incorporated city. So you have city of Los Angeles, outside of that, you have county area that may not be part of the city or, or any city, and that's where they have jurisdiction. The measures include a ban of the sale of weapons and ammunition, and this one, uh, I'm going to read twice to tell you right now because I look at it like I can't believe that they are this ignorant to reality. The measures include a ban on the sale of weapons and ammunition of 50 caliber or more and a prohibition of most weapons on county property, such as beaches and parks. Now, let me go back to caliber here. I, I need some Advil. I would like to ask any of these, these supervisors, any of them, the last time they can recall a 50 caliber weapon was used in a crime. Forget a mass shooting, an individual murder, an individual felony assault, aggravated assault, a, whatever it is. When's the last time that you know of that a 50 caliber round, a 50 caliber 
weapon was used in a crime. By the way, I'm sure it's happened. I can't recall because it's so rare. If it has happened, I would imagine it has. But when you're looking at these laws and ordinances, these people want to pass, um, we have to look at the likelihood that they'll have any impact whatsoever in any way, positive or negative. So we can ban all the 50 caliber weapons that we want, and then let's sit back and see uh, how much crime is reduced, how many lives are saved. But it gets better when I read that sentence. This is 50 caliber or more. Look, 50 caliber machine guns and aircraft and, and uh, uh, armored vehicles, they're used to take down other aircraft, other armored vehicle. These are incredibly high-powered munitions. And say, say more, what, are they talking about 20 millimeter anti-aircraft, anti-artillery uh, rounds? I mean, this is so insane. I mean, it is insane. You go back 10 years to the article that I just read, in opening opening paragraph, the author used the word hysteria about the anti-gun crowd. This is hysterical. When you're passing ordinances about unincorporated property in Los Angeles County to ban the use or possession of 50 caliber or larger munitions rounds. These people are ignorant about firearms. They are hysterical. They are dismissive of what impact these types of things have. And often in this case, it will be zero, but it goes on. Officials want to tighten restrictions on ownership and sales, discussing methods to prevent mass, shoot, prevent mass shootings from mental health care assessment to policing and sentencing to gun safety. <clears throat> These are the same people, I guarantee it. They've either voted for in previous positions of you know, their elected capacities, or they've lobbied for, supported, whatever it is. These are the same people who are cheerleaders for such wonderful, wonderful, wonderful programs as restorative justice and, and, and releasing felons from prison early, reducing sentences for previous, uh, previous felonious activity. These are the same people that have put more felons back on the street in this state than anybody could have a, the worst nightmare about. But now they want to fix the problem of gun violence with reforming sentencing for gun safety. These people are psychotic. They, they are not tethered or grounded to any principle other than what feels good, what they think looks good in the public arena. They have nothing that resembles chalk lines based on principle, based on core beliefs, grounded in the rule of law, grounded on, on crime and punishment. I mean, this restorative justice thing that started a decade or more ago is it, it, it exemplifies how crazy these people are. Well, no, let's don't put this person in jail for this kind of minor offense or their third minor offense. Let's keep them out and work with them and blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying that doesn't work one in a million times. But the, the rest of that time, these people go on to be the violent criminals that commit these crimes they want to prevent.
by banning 50 caliber rounds. Tuesday morning, the Los Angeles, by the way, this is early February. Tuesday morning, the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors met to consider proposed laws involving, involving the sale and ownership of guns in unincorporated areas of the county. The supervisors unanimously approved a series of motions. Quote, the first bans of the sale, the first bans, the sale of 50 caliber guns and ammunition in unincorporated county. These are the giant bullets designed for combat that make killing easy because of the damage they do to the human body, said Los Angeles County Supervisor Janice Hahn before Tuesday's meeting, uh, morning meeting. I've already commented on how ridiculous the whole 50-caliber thing is. Today, living in the United States of America means being at risk of becoming a victim of a mass shooting. Time is of the essence, and we must act now, said L.A. County Supervisor Hilda Solis before the meeting. Also part of the ordinance is passed, allowing only sworn officers and mem members of the military to carry firearms in certain county areas like beaches and parks, prohibiting people under 21 from going into gun showrooms. I got to stop right there. Unfortunately, most of the people across the country that are being killed, um, through gun violence, let me rephrase that, through violent acts perpetrated by bad people, aka criminals, when using guns. This is how it should be framed, folks. These are bad or evil people committing, committing heinous crimes with guns. But somehow, preventing a 20-year-old from going to a gun showroom is going to reduce gun violence with these other young people. Do they really think that the vast majority of these criminals who unfortunately are young people that are running around are going to stop their activity or the activity is going to be reduced because you curtail the number of younger people going to a gun showroom in unincorporated parts of Los Angeles County or any county. This is psychosis. This is madness. It's delusional. And it's all for show. It will do nothing. To, to go on and putting into place more measures to monitor who's buying guns like requiring videotape recordings of transactions. Now, it seems to me this might be a slight impediment or a slight uh, imposition on one's privacy. If a private uh, entrepreneur, uh, an owner of a business wants to videotape, by the way, they should for security reasons, obviously, for civil liability reasons, obviously, in a place of business, that's fine. But to have the government record who's actually purchasing a gun legally, like, not only would not fix anything, but they're impeding on your right to privacy. Uh, this is what we're up against when it comes to elected officials and bureaucrats. Another measure passed Voice support for federal legislation putting stricter uh, restrictions into place on assault weapons. So one of the measures they want to pass is to get up and cheer. Hey, let's support the federal government. Uh, these people are empty. They're empty suits. They're empty skirts. They're empty heads. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's taxpayer money that's supporting all this crap. 
Among those present showing the support at Tuesday's meeting were Monterey Park Mayor Henry Lowe, L.A. County DA George Cascone. By the way, this man, I, I use that word loosely because he's less than a man in my eyes. This is the person who is responsible for that monster who killed the El, two El Monte police officers last year. Had it not been for George Gaston's policies, that animal would have still been behind bars. But George Gaston wants to make sure that you and I cannot purchase a 50-round uh, bullet or weapon. That's going to save lives. Meanwhile, he's putting the people on the street that are killing cops and innocents. And this person has the gall to be at an event supporting your my right to legally purchase and, and carry a firearm. Despicable, despicable human being. Holly Francisco, Assistant LA County Sheriff of county, uh, county operate, Countywide Operations, who said Sheriff Luna is in Washington, D.C., and so forth and so on. The Board of Supervisors recently declared gun violence a public crisis, public health crisis in the county. As far as I'm concerned, they're a public health crisis. They're doing nothing, nothing to look out for the safety and security of the people in this county. So we go from the county, we go from the state, Governor Newsom, Attorney General, uh, General uh, Bonta, Senator Portantino announced legislation strengthening California's concealed carry laws. Oh, boy. Got my handy Yorleo Nation mug right here. But here's another gaggle of losers from the top down, all of them. And I'm just going to read a bit from this about what they want to do with concealed carry. It's uh, SB2. It's a legislation proposal strengthens our state by ensuring those carrying firearms in public are responsible law-abiding citizens who do not pose a danger to themselves or others. My God, in California, you have to go through so many hoops to purchase a firearm in the first place. Forget about getting a CCW, the right to carry a concealed weapon, and they want to strengthen those. I mean, what is it now? Who are they letting slip the cracks that are carrying uh, concealed firearms? I, I want to know who it is. And any of these proposed legislations, ordinances, whatever it is, what would it have done to prevent the animal from murdering those poor people in Monterey Park recently? What would it have done to prevent the monster in Northern California in uh, Half Moon Bay from murdering those innocent people just recently? Not a damn thing. You know it. I know it. These people know it. Nothing they're proposing is going to have any impact on criminals. And if they don't, that is, that's someone who doesn't abide by the law. I have to explain this to, to individuals all the time in conversation. Do we understand, do you understand that these people are criminals because they broke the law? Do you think this person who had a gun in his house for the last 10, 20, 30 years, according to news reports, law enforcement would have not committed the crime, had CCW laws constrictor, 
had it been against the law to purchase a 50 caliber weapon no he already had the gun do you think these people breaking into homes or getting guns in the black market are going to stop their behavior because of new laws it's not the only people who would abide by this are guess what law-abiding citizens folks i know you've heard these arguments before i know you've heard these points made before and we have to keep making the arguments. We have to keep making the points. We have to keep referencing the Constitution. We have to keep referencing the Bill of Rights. We have to keep referencing God-given rights. Our God-given rights are codified in the Constitution. They are laid out in the De Declaration of Independence. Like, like I said before, these people in positions of authority don't give a damn about the Constitution. They do not. If they did, they would be prosecuting and holding accountable the people who are already committing crimes, not trying to restrict my ability, your ability to lawfully and responsibly own and carry a firearm. So the governor and his gaggle of uh, merry men and women um, go on to say, Ensuring those carrying firearms and public responsible law-abiding citizens who not pose a danger, blah, blah, blah. Protecting children and young adults from gun violence by setting a minimum age requiring a uh, requirement of 21 years of age to obtain a CCW. Protecting young adults from themselves. We give kids car keys at 15 and a half years old in this state, but somehow we're going to protect them when they're 20 years old. Uh, by not allowing them to have a CCW. Look, I was a cop for 30 years. Let me say this, 30 years, and about half of that I was on patrol as, a, as an officer, as a first-line supervisor, out on the wonderful, uh, uh, crazy freeways and county roads of, of Southern California. I was never in fear of anybody who was legally in possession of a firearm. I didn't. I, I wasn't because I had known they had gone through a process. Didn't mean they couldn't hurt me or wouldn't hurt me. But my fear was not raised when I came across someone who said, officer, I have a gun in the car and I have a permit to carry it. They were law abiding. I'll tell you what I was afraid of. In, in my role as high patrolman, I was afraid of someone driving a 4,000 pound car at 75 miles an hour down, down the freeway. They could be drunk, they could be crazy, or they could intentionally, you know, want to hurt me. That was a problem. 40 million cars in the in this uh in the state. The point is this: is that if either someone is law-abiding or they're not law-abiding, if they're law-abiding, I'm not afraid of them violating the law in general. So protecting us through these laws from ourselves, again, it's it's a psychosis. It's, 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 it's an emotional approach. And again, it's just cheerleading for this stuff. Um, and, and I just don't buy into it. I know you don't either. It goes on and on and on and on. But I, I just wanted to talk to you about the state level, uh, like the county, and then we move into the federal level. And I'm just going to touch on NRA, 25 states sue Biden ATF to stop arbitrary, unlawful pistol brace rule. And the pistol brace is just what it sounds like. It's basically uh, uh, in addition to a handgun or rifle that braces the weapon against your shoulder. There are about 30 or 40 million of these out there or gun owners who own them, put it this way. Well, if this, if this is not 
overturned through the court process, it literally overnight makes 30 or 40 million Americans felons. Overnight. If you don't register your gun or, or turn the brace in or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But these are people who've gone out, legally uh, purchased a firearm, responsibly used a firearm. They have a device they wanted to add on to the firearm. And because the ATF, for whatever reason, the federal government, for whatever reason, say these things are dangerous, they're going to make someone, what, more likely to go out and commit a crime or it makes it easier for someone to commit a crime. Again, folks, either someone's law-abiding or they're not. If they're going to go out and commit a crime, they're going to go out and commit a crime with a, a 22 revolver. If, they're, if they are not of a criminal mindset, criminal nature, if they are not a criminal, they're not going to take their 20, 50 caliber rifles and go out and shoot anybody. This is really, really simple stuff. It is simple stuff. Terribly tragic. Terribly tragic when these people do go out, criminals do go out and commit these crimes. But the point is, it's not going to do anything when they continue to target the law-abiding citizen. So the NRA and these states that are fighting back against the ATF, we got to support them. Talk about that in a minute. Final thing is here about myths I want to get into about concealed carry because a lot of this has to do with that. Myth. People with concealed weapons licenses commit crimes. Here's very stark information. Florida, licenses issued 1,327,000 revoked licenses, 4,129, 0.3%. That population of CCW holders had a 30% less crime rate than the general population. And this goes down a list of states with similar stats, ranging from a 1.4% reduction all the way up to 30% reduction in Florida. The point is, is that there is a lower crime rate with people who have CCWs, likely because they're more responsible, they go through a background check, they go through training, they get their CCW, they're law-abiding. So goes on and on and on, but look that one up, gunfacts.com. Dot, uh, dot com. Let me read it again. It's actually gunfacts.info. It's there. Folks, the point of this show today was to remind you that responsibility starts with you, just like your rights start with you. Individual rights along with individual responsibilities. What do you do? You know who to vote for. You vote for the people who harp on the Constitution, who harp on the Bill of Rights, who harp on the Declaration of Independence, who believe in individual liberty, who believe in individual responsibility. If you look at some of these knuckleheads that are letting criminals on the street, that are, that are pacifying them, they clearly don't believe in individual responsibility. This is the problem. Rights and responsibilities go hand in hand. You need support organizations, support gun rights organizations, support the NRA, support the, the uh, respective organizations within your home state. They're everywhere. There are a number of them, and I'm a member of a number of them. I support them. Support those people, support those organizations, support those elected officials, support those candidates. 
and first and foremost, be the best citizen you can. Always honor the police, support the police, but do not, and I say it as a 30-year veteran, do not depend on the police for your individual or your family safety and security. If each of us have that attitude, if we have that mentality, this would be, and we can make this a safer, more productive, and more civil society. Thank you for listening. Do not forget to go to uh, the Leo Project. It's under your Leo Project, our nonprofit partner. Send whatever you can so we can help the families of fallen officers. Those officers are injured. Thank you here. God bless you. God bless America. We'll see you next time.